Hello and welcome into the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Today's show is presented by Geico. So you can see all the ways that you could save. It is the Fantasy Awards Show. Yeah, As you can see, Daniel, Stefania, Field Jates, our friend Liz Loza. I think you can well hear Liz right now. Or yes. something you can hear in the background. And frankly, I feel like we need to probably, like, this show is brought to you by Swagger. Yes. <laughs> Not just Geico, but Swagger. Because yep. for those that are watching right now, they may see that Stefania is looking ultra cash right now, just kind of feet up in the air. You may be thinking to yourself, like, is Stefania checked out? No, she's never checked out mentally. Never. Or physically, for that matter. <laughs> but she is wearing Lies. the swaggiest shoes at all of ESPN. I, I those are some she nice kicks. I got my Jordan 11s. Jordan 11s. 11s. I want them in cherry like red. It's a hard find right now on the interwebs. So if anybody has a uh, suggestion there, let me know. Who, it's funny. Who said they my new Jordans? I'm like, they're not new. They, I just uh, I, I treat them properly. That's correct. With respect, with the respect that the they respect deserve. They deserve. That's right. right. Speaking of respect that they deserve, Liz Loza also here. Hey yo. Liz, how are you doing on this wonderful Thursday morning? I am doing fantastically well. You all look so dapper. I love the bow tie field. Yeah. Why, thank you, Liz. You know, I um, would love to tell you guys that I masterfully tied this bow tie this morning. Is it a clip-on? Clip no, it's not. It's neither. It uh, it affixes in the back. I have a friend who actually makes bow ties. This is serious. Seriously? Like a friend uh, over in Nantucket, not by Nantucket, who makes bow ties. And the beauty of it is that it's just like it's pre-tied right here. It's, oh. But in the back, you just, you just you hook it up. I... Have many insecurities in life. I'm not afraid to admit that. But one that I think most people would be surprised by is that I can't tie a bow tie. Me, me of prep ilk. I'm can't tie a bow shocked. tie. I know. You can right? manage a pocket square. A uh, pocket square I can do. <laughs> no bow tie. No. No fun. So. Well, I love the. Yeah, it's pretty. Cherry red and, worry and, about and, it? and yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome. exactly, exactly. Liz knows what's up, though, because she lives in L.A., whereas award season is in full swing. I know, She's Liz, that was really, really cool like that you made that appearance in the I Golden know, Globes a couple of nights. I was going to say, straight from the Golden Globes <laughs> to this. Unlike Kevin Costner, I was not forced to shelter in place. It was amazing. Wow. Wow, I love it. Honestly, I feel like I, I obviously in the most you overdressed. Dressed no, you overdressed. I overdressed for me. I got to tell you right now, but I dressed up. I got nice shoes on with with socks that match. You have shoes. Yeah. That- Did you guys know that socks are supposed to match the rest of your outfit? Well, and that's eh, supposed to happen yeah. like every day. People say. I didn't know that. They can. Wow, I didn't know you wore socks actually. Yeah, well, I wear some undergarments to find. You're the Matt Collins of, of ESPN. Are people yeah. aware of this? Do you guys know that Raiders wide receiver Matt Collins doesn't wear shoes unless he's playing football? Really? Doesn't wear shoes. Go back if anybody wants to kill some time. Yeah, he's just, just, he's a vibe. He is a vibe. Just go back. If you go to the, so what's today now? Thursday, four days ago, you go to the Raiders Twitter account, go to their media tab where you can see photos and videos and the pregame arrival photos. I'm sorry, Saturday. They played against the Chiefs on Saturday. So go five days ago and you'll see guys wearing, you know, Devontae Adams wearing a cool outfit and probably some Jordans or maybe some, you know, some boots like Daniel. Then Matt Collins just strolling in, walking up the concrete tunnel with no shoes on. Just Love it. living his wow. life, man. Yeah. Wow. Living his life. Good thing he's in uh, in, a, in a warm weather state. <laughs> I know. He'd be in real miserable if he was in Green he's Bay. Or... He's played for the Eagles. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I That's know. tough. Yeah. Anyways. We are excited. This is going to be a really fun show, obviously wrapping up all the things that were the fantasy season this year, looking back at a bunch of awards that we want to be able to give out to players. Yeah, let's do it. So, without further ado, actually, before we do this, really quickly, we didn't get to talk about anything from Week 18. Who, I just want to, uh, like, you know, like they did, like, you know, yeah, Ernst and Young, who well, tabulated all the votes. And uh, I, I want to say this before we before we do that, <laughs> Stefania, your team made the playoffs. Congratulations. Yes, they yeah. did. Mike Clay's team made the playoffs. Congratulations uh, you know to Mike. I, I, Mike's not here. I think he's a little intimidated. A little bit. A little intimidated. You know, just I'm just gonna do a little reveal of something we had to write um, for for ESPN.com that we coming out this week with like our bold predictions for the playoffs, right? Yeah. And we all get asked to chime in. And uh, Mike Clay took a little swipe at my Niners, Ooh. and because it's a Google document, so you could sort of see, you so you're see. not duplicating. Mm-hmm. So guess who swiped right back? Hey, and my name comes, Bell comes before Clay. So I like it. Right I, well. Stefania said, guess who swiped right back? I was like, is Stefania <laughs> oh, hitting on Mike what? right now? Like, oh, what God, is going that's on? so weird. <laughs> the internet, no, the internet is going no. to. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Let's move on. How about shout out really quickly. Shout out to the Detroit Lions finishing yeah. nine and yeah. eight with a winning we record. We haven't had a show to talk about. The vibes about. are high. No, the vibes, vibes are high. high. We're going to keep them rolling here if in this show. If there was a vote for like... 
the most like you want to get on the bandwagon team if you weren't already, you know, That's committed to a team Lions. like mine. I have She'd a, be like Detroit Lions. I have a broken sternoclavicular bone uh-huh. right now because I ran through a brick wall oh, for, Dan for Dan Campbell, Campbell. Yeah. on Sunday night when they won that game. Yep. Yeah, he had a little frostbite. I was a little concerned. Yeah, his but nose was super, super red. red. He does the frost doesn't bite him. He bites, <laughs> he bites the frost. That's right. That's okay. right. You're right. You're right. All right, really All quickly, right. heading into these awards. These are the voters that we have. Everybody that we are really excited about to be able to bring to the table. Field Jates, Mike okay. Clay, Stefania Bell, Daniel Dopp, Eric Carabell, Tristan Cockroft, Matt Bowen, Liz Loza, Eric Moody, and Al Zeidenfeld. You like the third person mention right there? Yeah, I know, Daniel Dopp. What did I say? You just dropped the Daniel Dopp. You didn't say Well, that's my me. name. You were like, Triple. well, what if someone's listening the, for their very first time? This is their very first fantasy focus. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> 2023 New Year's resolution. Listen that's to the right. show more. That's Speaking right. of yeah. jumping on bandwagons. All right. Let's start with the very first one. We have game of the year here. We'll throw up the nominees on the screen. Game of the year is the best single game of the 2022 fantasy season. Nominees are. Joe Mixon mm-hmm. for his big 55 point for performance. Mike Evans dropping that 48.7 points late in the season. Josh yeah. Jacobs late. also dropping 48 points. Stefan Diggs, Alvin Kamara, and Justin Fields. All six of them had awesome games, over 40 fantasy points. But the winner of Game of the Year, the best single game of the fantasy season, is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon in his 55.1 fantasy point game against the Panthers in week nine. This was not just the only 50 point game of the season. It also came out of nowhere. Mixon was held under 20 points in each of his previous seven games and then busted out for 55. There he is. Yeah. And I think this one is fairly straightforward when you have a category where it's, it's a singular event, right? We're not talking about the full season. Well, then the most points scored in a single game is a very good starting point. But beyond that, and there were a couple of players that made that panel where, as crazy as it may have seemed, you may have considered benching those players at that time. We were at the point of the season, not that Joe Mixon was ever a bench-worthy candidate, but he had remained in starting lineups. Everybody who had Joe Mixon was starting Joe Mixon. There were no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It was easily Joe Mixon's best game of the year. But if you have Joe Mixon, he, by himself, won that week for you. There were some interesting nominees, and I happen to see that Liz, I'm sorry, Daniel, you voted for Justin Fields. I did. Against yeah. Miami. Why would you pick him over Joe Mix? What was the calculus behind that well, decision? One of the things I'm wondering is why am I the only Justin Fields fan on this podcast, Liz? I don't, First off, I don't <laughs> understand that, but for me, I thought that this Justin Fields was game of the year, in fact, because it came out of nowhere and because it was Justin Fields as a rookie quarterback doing something that we had talked about. Hey, we think that there might be something to this kid, but we hadn't seen it. Not like this yet. And so for me, I don't want to say that I've seen Joe Mixon put up big games like this, but the, the Justin Fields one stood out to me more because I felt like this was the first time you saw him be able to do the things that we've talked about. Okay, so I think you kind of actually made the argument against yourself yeah, as well there, right? Say, because a it's bit like of more breakout kind oh, of game. Well, it's almost like uh, if you were saying that people weren't totally sold on Justin Fields at that point, then it wasn't a guarantee that Justin Fields was being started. So while he may have scored 42.8 fantasy points, he may have scored them either for your bench or for the waiver wire. I think I was looking back at the schedule and when this took place. Justin had kind of made some noise prior to that. They had beaten the Patriots in Monday Night Football. They played the Cowboys where they lost, but he had a ton of fantasy points as well. I think by that point, he was pretty much being started in every league. Um, I just think that there is like no doubt about it that Joe Mixon was being started in every single league, and he scored 13 more fantasy points than Fields in his breakout game. Yeah. I think that was it too, for me. It was just the singular performance. I mean, he had more total yards than Joe Burrow had passing yards yeah, that's that day. Good. That is, and that's nutty because it's not like Joe Burrow doesn't throw the ball. Yeah. Um, and it's not like this isn't a passing offense. So uh, to me, it was that he just shattered everybody else's fantasy performance by being the only one over 50 points. Uh, you clearly, like Field said, you won your week yep. if you started him. It's hard, and you hard did to argue him. with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and you did. Right. You didn't have to look at him on the bench and be like, we should have a category for biggest fantasy disappointment like in yourself yeah. as a manager. And this was a fairly, not totally unanimous vote, but this was a fairly unanimous vote. So uh, there were a couple of other options there. But I think, you know, with that in mind, the next award, just on the people on this show alone, there were three different nominees who got a vote. So I feel like it's an interesting time to pivot to number two. Sure. Uh, Liz, anything really quickly you want to add before we move ahead? 
well, just that, I mean, to spin forward, if we're looking at Joe Mixon, Stefania's right. It's a little bit confounding that he hadn't seen much work in the passing game, given what a pass-first offense the Bengals are. And we did see a touchdown regression, despite these four touchdowns in this one effort, from 16 last year, which was RB4, to I believe only nine. So, like, nearly half of them came in this game. But his work in the receiving game throughout the season exploded, and that's what so many managers were nervous about drafting Mixon for, but it was nice to see him finally get involved, especially if you're playing in a standard one-point PPR format like ESPN. Heck yeah. All right, let's move ahead and talk about fantasy flop of the year, (laughs) unfortunately. Tough to follow game of the year with this, but like you said, Field, there are a lot of different people that were up for this nomination, Mm -hmm. and we all sort of landed in different spots because a lot of people disappointed this year. Criteria also matters here, and we'll discuss it as we each reveal our uh, various votes. So this is the opposite of the MVP, the least return on investment. The nominees for fantasy flop of the year include Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. I read that, and I was like, Taylor Swift? Kyle Pitts. She was great. She was she great. Right. She was yeah. the opposite. A lot of, lot of candidates here. <laughs> yeah. Truthfully. A lot of candidates. Cam Akers, both Rodgers and Tom Brady yeah. as well. A lot of different ways that you could go with this. Yeah. Stephania, Many opportunities for flops. Uh, a, a lot of opportunities for flops. We try. I tried when I looked at this not to look at it as an injury perspective. This is just someone that didn't play very well. Liz, I want to start with you. Where did you go? Well, who's the winner? Oh, you're right. We should start with the winner. You're right. My fault. And, <laughs> and the, the winner, winner is... Of the fantasy flop of the year is Kyle Pitts. Okay, so he, I feel like he's the loser of the fantasy flop of the year, right? Like, do you win fantasy yeah, flop? No. But yes, the loser winner. ADP 35th overall. Yeah. 35th overall finished as tight end 22 on the season. And poor guy ended his season on injury, no less. Yep. Like, and I saw just, him go higher than that in a lot of leagues that I yeah. So oh. 35 actually feels low for an ADP. But it was 35 because he had over 1,000 yards his rookie year, but he only scored one time that year. We talked about positive touchdown regression coming, so many things. He only managed two scores and 28 catches before being placed on IR after two games. Yeah. All right. So doubled his output. You guys guys both voted for Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did because do you recall sitting here, Field, when we were begging? You were trying to manifest a score for Kyle Pitts. We were talking about Atlanta. Like, do you want to make use of your tight end as more than a blocker? Because he's really good at catching the ball. Yeah. Kyle Pitts yeah, is really totally. good at catching the ball, and that's what we all expected. And you also expect growth in the second year. Sure. We often don't see rookie tight ends perform up to the level that we're hoping based on where their draft position is. And we saw the talent. We're like, oh, he's just going to get integrated to the offense. We're going to see this more. And it never, ever came. So you drafted based on what your expectations were for him. Yeah. And if you're someone like me, you had him in Dynasty. And in redraft leagues, so you got burned on two on different in two different ways. I, um, it was it was just uh, yeah, it was rough. I'm we totally were all looking. feeling that pain. And tight end, by the way, let's just talk about him finishing as tight end twenty two. Mm. Twenty two in a category that was terrible after you got past like number three. Yeah. Yep. You know, so how could you finish as twenty two Kyle Pitts when your talent we were talking the start of the year, top five. Yep. We were like, uh, is Easy. he three? Two, right, right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we were like, maybe he's two or three. We had uh, Mark Andrews and, Mark Travis, Andrews Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. And then it was like, ah, uh, George Kittle's fallen off a little bit. Could, could Kyle Pitts surpass George Kittle? I mean, that's where we were talking. He ended up as 22. That's not even good enough to be a number two tight end. Yeah. Here. I'm going to say really quickly. I had to listen to Liz all year long as the tight end whisperer because I used a third round draft <laughs> pick on Kyle Pitts. And only because of you, Liz, did I make it to any of my playoffs because when I draft, if you drafted Kyle Pitts, you were playing that streaming tight end game Ugh. literally all season long. So I just want to say thank you for all the things that you did for us. This did you season. vote for him, Liz? Who did you go? You didn't have Kyle Pitts. Uh, I no, know. I didn't. I did not. Um, and here's why. I was not... Uh, The reason I did not select Kyle Pitts, I went to a different player. So let me give myself a glow up for a moment and then I will turn it around. Um, I did not believe, and I remember saying this to Mike, who we're now referencing for the second time, despite the fact that he's not here to defend himself. Um, On the marathon, I don't think the volume's going to be there. We've got Drake London. We've got Marcus Mariota. I don't really expect him to see enough to outkick this sort of draft range. Um, and Mike's reply was, he's going to break the game. Well, Mike was right. He broke the dang game. He sure <laughs> did. Not in the way 
we wanted though. So that was why I selected for this category Cam Akers. I should maybe call him Cam Christmas Acres because that was a player that I was bananas high on, as I'm sure you're all remembering, as mm -hmm. I'm sure my men my mentions will not let me forget. But Cam did not, Cam Akers did not show up until Christmas. And there was so much back and forth and drama about him that anybody who did draft him and then held on to him, waiting for clarity, just taking L after L, finally dropping him, and then to like be burned at the end on Christmas of all days, that is why he was my flop of the year. All right, so I'll chime in with my third answer because I want a different direction. Everything Liz said I think was reasonable. Cam Akers was the biggest flop for those that drafted him, but he was the biggest steal for those that picked him up off the waiver wire, <laughs> right? Because it worse. was great. That you makes him it like worse, weeks. right? Yeah, no. Because he came on at the end of the year, that makes it worse if you draft him because if you moved on, you probably watched him do something for someone else's oh, roster. Oh, totally. It makes it really tough. Yeah, but I somebody else who made the playoffs who didn't have who him didn't on the roster to begin with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, because of the late season surge, I did not vote for Cam Akers. And because I feel like receiver play is in part due to quarterbacks, I felt like Kyle Pitts, it felt for some reason not quite right for me to cast the vote for a guy <laughs> whose quarterback play was truly awful. And the way that he was utilized was truly inexcusable. Yep. And the fact that he got hurt, which I you know, obviously a lot of guys do. So I voted for Aaron Rodgers. And here's the reason why. I know that Aaron Rodgers was not drafted nearly as high as Kyle Pitts, a full four rounds behind Kyle Pitts. But in a year in which it felt like it was so hard to find that replacement level quarterback, a lot of people continue to kind of keep their wagon hitched to Aaron Rodgers. He's going to figure it out, isn't he? Back-to-back -back MVP and no Devontae Adams, but... Aaron Rodgers is Aaron bleeping Rodgers, right? And never here finished go. lower than yeah, he had never right, right. You know? He'd always been a top yeah. ten quarterback, and had always found a way, no matter who he was throwing the football to, to put up fantasy points, and it never happened. And it was extremely disappointing because if you go back and look at some of the quarterbacks and their soft spots, they didn't have very many. Aaron Rodgers played in a division where all three teams he played against were perfect matchups for opposing quarterbacks. Yep. The Bears twice a year, the Lions twice a year, the Vikings twice a year. That's six out of your 17 games. A third of your schedule is as soft as ice cream. And Aaron Rodgers couldn't get it done. And by the way, some of those matchups took place late in the season where you're finally saying, I know I did not get here because of Aaron Rodgers, but maybe Aaron Rodgers can help me, the person that got the fifth seed of my playoffs, make it the championship glory. It did not. That was Imagine my vote for Aaron if you Rogers. started him in your championship if you went that late. Yikes. No comment. How did okay. they do against the but Lions I'll, last week? Also, so I didn't <laughs> feel as strongly enough. only because I had him as my bust for this year because yeah. I just I I thought that with Devontae Adams gone, he was going to struggle to find somebody that he trusted as much. Didn't and I do want to say, just in case anyone thinks, as Field pointed out, even though Kyle Pitts was a recipient of the Fantasy Flop Award, none of us holds him personally accountable course, for that. Course. This is not a, like I, I feel like we just need to say that to be sure. And And you're right. It was because of the circumstances around him. I don't think his talent has dropped off at all. It was just for us. If you made an investment in him for fantasy purposes, it did not pay off. Fields, um, I just want to make sure that everyone heard that. How many times did Aaron Rodgers reach 20 fantasy points? Zero. Year? Not once. Not <laughs> once did Aaron Rodgers reach 20 fantasy points in a game this season. I'm telling you, go look up some of the quarterbacks that reached at least 20 points in a fantasy game, and you're like, wait, those guys did, but Aaron Rodgers did not? Mm -hmm. That's correct. Aaron Rodgers did not. We're going to come back with Waiver Wire Wonder amongst a bunch of other awards, and some of these are fairly simple. Yep. But first, Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course I would. Yeah, more money for Jordans. Uh, and when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Hey, guys, it's the best time of the year. The football playoffs are upon us. Basketball and hockey are in full swing, and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Make up for lost time. Go enjoy a game, which I think I'm going to do. Yeah, that's a good Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase with code FFF. That's code FFF. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. All right, next award is the Waiver Wire Wonder. As Field alluded to, the player that provided the most value but was not drafted in most leagues. Yep. The nominees for Waiver Wire Wonder 
2022 are are <laughs> or were, were. <laughs> Jamal <laughs> Williams, Justin Fields, Zay Jones, Donovan Peoples Jones, and Evan Engram. To <laughs> me, there are three names that stand out on this list. <clears throat> but the winner for Waiver Wire Wonder is Justin Fields was 52% undrafted. The record-setting quarterback for Liz's Bears finished the season seventh amongst all players in rushing yards, quietly made strides as a passer despite very many options around him. Not he very had many. two 40-point yeah. uh, games back-to-back. Back. If you remember grabbing him, he did a lot to help people be able to run that streaming quarterback up into the playoffs. And I mean, oh, I was just going to say, seven among all players. Yeah. All players in rushing yards. That is crazy. We have talked about how quarterback now, you've got the mobile quarterback is the thing. There's such a difference Secret between the quarterbacks yeah. who make use of their legs because the arm stuff, it all just about balances out. And Justin Fields proved that he could be fantasy valuable, even in an offense that wasn't highly productive when it came to points. I have nothing else to add other than the fact that I want to hear Liz's opinion because Liz had Justin <laughs> Fields as her sleeper coming into the season. You're right, Field. Thank you for remembering that. I uh, It's going to be tough because I'm Field Gates, Justin Fields. I can't tell you how many times I've had S's mm-hmm. or taken one off of either one of these people's names. Um, so to that point, I did come into the season saying that Justin Fields to me was baby Jalen Hurts and that I felt like that was um, Fields' ceiling, if you will. Like he could have, Justin Fields could have Jalen Hurts' 2021 season as his ceiling. And I think he met that. You mentioned the rushing yards. That's the obvious part. But also I think he showed promise as a passer. He managed the sixth highest pass touchdown rate, 5.3% of all of his attempts. He also managed a YPA of 7.1. Now that's not a staggering number, though it is QB 17 among all qualified quarterbacks. But again, there was promise. And we know about the dearth of pass-catching weapons at his avail. So I am interested to see him take a leap next year, and it will be hard for me to rank him outside of my top five players at the position in 23. Wow. Yep. He ain't going to be laying lower than that for me, I'll tell you that much, because the Bears are going to look a lot different next year than they do this year with $100 million. That's like Stefania Bell money to spend yeah, yeah, in is. free agency this <laughs> offseason, plus Literally. the number one pick in the draft, which if I had to make a bet right now— You buy a lot of Jordans with that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Right. That number one pick will turn into like eight picks, right? Like it'll be number one for number four and a 2024 first round pick and a second and a third and a third, all this stuff. And uh, Ryan Poles, remember that name. He'd be a busy man this offseason. I want to say this really quickly. I think this is one of those spots where I I really feel like Evan Ingram should have gotten a lot more love than what he did because at the (laughs) tight end position, what he finished as, what he did for everybody that did here. Like, he didn't get any votes in this, but I just want to mention, like, I feel like Evan Ingram did well, a little bit of recency. On, he came on late. Yeah. yeah, he came on late. Yeah. That, you got to look at the whole season yeah, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. really wasn't. And I think that the other thing about last, like, the last Justin Fields note is just the context of, like, do I have to look at the whole season? Well, there's all, oh, you, you don't have to. Uh, but there's always quarterbacks that come on, except this year when there wasn't. When other there was Justin. I know Geno Smith, but, like, Geno Smith finished as QB five for the season, That's and he crazy. didn't. He started the season like he didn't like come on yeah, halfway yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he was, but he under eighteen fantasy points per game. Like if you go back in previous years, you'd say like if you can just find yourself a quarterback to get you eighteen fantasy points per game. Geno Smith by playing the entire year with seventeen point nine fantasy points per game was QB five. Yeah. So a down year for quarterbacks offset by Justin Fields' brilliance. All right, let's talk about Rookie of the Year. Yes. Always a very fun one. Biggest unanimous impact though. first year player. It is fairly unanimous, but nominees for this one include. Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston, <laughs> Kirby Joseph, yeah. as well Dan as and Daniel's own private oh, list. We skipped oh. ahead of the breakout of the year, so uh, we're going to go back. Here's, we'll just tell you. Rookie of the year uh, was actually just Kenneth Walker III with the nominees. and Chris uh, Olave, Damian Pierce, yep, there you go. Garrett Wilson, yep. and Christian Watson. Yeah. But field, the winner of this award was 
Ken Walker III, and this one ended up being unanimous, and uh, part of it obviously is impacted by the Damian Pierce injury down the stretch. You also remember that for Damian Pierce, yeah, not his fault, things kind of tapered off uh, before he got injured with that ankle injury. So the back half of the season, not nearly as productive as the first half of the season, but Kenneth Walker III was tremendous over the course of the year. He had over 1,000 rushing yards. He had nine rushing touchdowns. And if you play all the way through week 18, he finished with back to back to back 100 plus yard effort so he was great when it mattered most and of course Rashad Penny getting hurt opened the door to all of this mm-hmm. Penny's history of durability issues has been well noted and if Penny who's a free agent this offseason is not back next year then you can expect Kenneth Walker III to be squarely in the mix for a top 10 running back conversation going into next season. I'm really excited to talk about what Ken the, Walker III is going to be going into next year. Only player that we unanimously voted on and all the awards the only player to win every single vote for that award, Ken Walker III. I just think running back is such a hard category to be consistent in. Yep. So hard. I mean, it's hard physically. You guys know every year, a broken record. I think it's the hardest position when it comes to injuries. You're the most susceptible to it. Uh, It's hard to be productive each time. Defenses are going to look to try and stop you. Uh, You know, and they can take out the running back, I think, easier than they can take out a particular receiver unless you are playing, you know, superstar cornerback. Um, I just thought that his ability to consistently produce was the thing that led me to him. Yeah. Liz, what about you? I know that is that we were unanimous unanimous on this one, but did you think about going any other direction with any of these other rookies? No, I didn't. I think Ken Walker is definitely the answer. And I, I also think that to Stefania's point, the running back position is incredibly difficult, right? But I don't think we've seen Walker fully unlocked. I mean, this is a player who we have to remember, right? went to Wake Forest and was like, I'm not really getting the love here, transferred Hmm. to Michigan State, and in his first carry as a Spartan, ripped off a 75-yard touchdown run. So I also feel like we saw his pass-catching potential in college, and this is something, especially as we're heading into the offseason and rookie season, you know, just because a player doesn't do something in college doesn't mean they can't do it or or doesn't have the ability to do it at the next level. I think Walker will be used more and more as a pass catcher. He only saw, I think, a max of uh, six or five catches against in, against Tampa Bay. That was his highest catch total of the season. But again, that skill set is there. He is blossoming. This is just the beginning for Walker. Yeah, really pumped, like I said, for next year to be able to see how he continues to grow and how high his hype train goes. How early is he going to get taken in next yep. year's drafts, understanding what he's been able to do this year? All right, let's talk about this one I'm excited about for next year, too. Breakout player of the year in 2022. The player that most overachieved based on expectations. Nominees for breakout player of the year include Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson, and Justin Fields. I don't know how you go wrong with any single one of these nominees, if I am being honest. But the winner... A breakout player of the year is Ramondre Stevenson, ADP of 93rd overall, 10th round draft pick, finished as RB10. The second year Patriot takes home home this hardware after racking up nearly 1,500 yards from scrimmage. And that was, was even after he was injured. Yeah, this was the hardest one to choose from. Yeah, I thought like all the candidates had a really all. compelling case. Yeah. I voted for Justin Fields. I think I've said enough about him already to understand why that was the case. But Daniel uh, Stefania can't argue with your pick and Liz of Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, well, you know, Liz and I, we're both right. Kindred but, spirits, the, you know, it's nice. Thanks Ivy for League playing the rest of you. Yeah, yep. exactly. But I think the thing with Ramondre, uh, number one, came out of nowhere. Like nobody at the start of the season was like, Ramondre is going to run away with the running back duties for the Patriots. We saw Damian Harris uh, being a factor and Ramondre really just by his performance took over. Damian Harris ended up getting hurt late in the year, but Ramondre's performance drove his utilization. He was just too good to ignore and really important for the running backs in the pass catching game. Like you could count on him to catch passes every single time, 4.1 catches per game, and he only had one and a half targets per game last year. So we definitely were not expecting the pass catching role that he had seven top 10 finishes. Again, I just talked about how tough the running back position is to play consistently. Then he goes down with an ankle injury, which looks like it's going to be terrible, but comes back and puts up like, I don't know, a hundred and something plus yards the week after that. I mean, tough player, incredibly talented, versatile in terms of pass catching and running the ball. What more can you say? Yeah. Liz, anything you want to add before I talk about why I think you guys are wrong? 
Sure, I will, I will just say, in line with what Stefania was saying, the thing that fascinated me the most about Stevens's star turn was the way it happened. I mean, this is a player out of, in his rookie year that Ivan Fears, the now retired running backs coach in New England, comped to LeGarrette Blunt. Like, you hear LeGarrette Blunt. That paints a very specific picture, specifically for fantasy managers. And then a year later, over this summer, there are whispers that like, oh, he's getting some looks in the passing game. Oh, he could, he could might be able, if, if Ty Montgomery doesn't stay healthy, which, you know, obviously was placed on IR, I think like September 12th, uh, like he might get some looks. So to have a player that was initially comp to LeGarrette Blunt, then like essentially, and this is a little bit plug and play, replace Ty Montgomery in the offense and then just sort of take over the backfield, particularly when the quarterback play was a little sus and there aren't any field stretchers, is so incredible as a second-year player. So I, I think that, that that trajectory deserves a whole lot of kudos. Wow. That's fair. I liked Ramondre Stevenson as well. I just thought that Tony Pollard did a better job this year because I don't think that Ramondre Stevenson was playing underneath Damian Harris's shadow as much as Tony Pollard. And, you know, it's not just his second year. Tony Pollard has been living underneath Ezekiel Elliott for a while now. And so for this yeah. role to basically swap, I mean, Tony Pollard became a top 10 running back. And I understand it's because in part Zeke got hurt, but it allowed Tony to be able to showcase what it really was. And he really did take over this running back room. Sort of. Okay. I mean, Zeke finished the season with 10 straight games with a rushing touchdown, and you still kind of had to rank both of them, right? And that's the re I think if I, and I voted for Justin Fields, but if my second choice would have been Ramondre because you knew you were playing Ramondre weekly, right? Like Tony Pollard, he had, he continued to kind of break math in a couple of instances, but I, I just think that um, Ramondre, you felt steadier about going into the week, week after week after week. And as Liz said, like, I wouldn't say the Patriots were watchable on offense. But he made him slightly more tolerable to watch on offense. Ramondre basically by himself. He was basically the only offensive player you were starting some weeks oh, yeah. in that. In oh, that yeah. Team. No, he was. And <laughs> yeah. Their second best offensive player was their defense. Right. There's this Marcus Jones who plays defense. I feel like we sort of not, we didn't expect this, but we talked coming into this, hey, we, we sort of have high expectations of what could this year look like for Ramondre Stevenson. We weren't saying that about Tony Pollard behind Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think, in the same way. I, I think there were a lot of people that were kind know, of calling for Tony to finally yeah, get that's right. his in opportunity. In fact, I recall some decent um, debate, healthy debates healthy on our debate. show okay. about Zeke versus Tony Pollard. And I would say, if anything, Tony Pollard as to the eyeball test, brilliant, you know, and we saw his explosiveness and all that, but he didn't take over the job, not his fault, but because of the way Dallas wants to run the offense. Yep. So, Jerry. Yeah. Hopefully that changes soon. Yeah. All right. But oh, probably not going to happen because I think Tony Power could be somewhere else next <laughs> yeah. season. He's a free agent. Best value of the year is our next award. So this is Wayne Production with ADP players drafted uh, outside of the top 60. Okay. So, nominees for this one include Jalen Hurts. Oh, excuse me, inside the top 60. Jalen Hurts, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Waddle, and A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurts finished as QB1. Josh Jacobs finished as RB3. Waddle was wide receiver 12. And A.J. Brown, wide receiver 8. A.J. Brown was fantastic. Mike Clay wrote that category. Yeah. Two Eagle. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Two <laughs> Eagles, two Jalens. Everybody who has a J prominently in their first name. The yeah. winner Where's of Brock this. Purdy? Where's Brock Purdy? That's a great know. question. <laughs> great question. Winner of this category is Josh Jacobs, the 54th overall pick on average this summer. Jacobs offered one of the more memorable moments with a 303-yard game. Do you remember that included that 86-yard yeah. walk-off touchdown sure score do. in overtime? If Joe Mixon hadn't had yeah. that game, Josh Jacobs could have won that fantasy performance. Finishes RB3, 19.3 fantasy points per game. What else do you say about how good Josh Jacobs was? Yeah, again, I'll add a couple of things here. Remember, and I, I will vividly remember this conversation. I know Mike and I were on the show the day after the Hall of Fame game. And we all said, what do we do with the fact that Josh Jacobs was playing during the Hall of Fame game and it was basically 21 backups besides that? And a healthy part of me thought, okay, well, you know something? If he's playing in the Hall of Fame game, a guy who had his fifth-year option declined, maybe they're trying to trade him. Another part of me listened to Josh McDaniels after the game who made who gave an explanation. He just sort of said, hey, the nature of the running back position is a bit different than other spots, especially because of the reduced amount of hitting in NFL training camps right now. And so Mike and I said, you know what? We're going to do nothing with Josh Jacobs. He was like RB18 in our double trouble preview. And we were like, we're going to leave him as a low end RB2 because that seems like 
The needle did not move. The needle did move once the season got going, and another free agent to be, mm-hmm. NFL's rushing leader, one of the most compelling running back free agents we have seen in quite some time. Well, also, if you look back to what he had been for fantasy purposes, nobody denied the talent, physical runner strong, had injuries throughout his first few years in the league, and you felt like some of the durability question marks would be reasons why they would work share the running back position. So you never thought he was going to have the volume of work. And I kept thinking, like, the more we got into the season, I'm like, there's no way they keep up this workload with him. There's no way. And then he would be on the injury report every week, and yet he would come out, as you recall, and dominate week in and week out. So um, I I think when I look at value, it's we weren't expecting it in the preseason. We continued to wonder if he could maintain it as the season went along, and effectively he did. A couple of outside uh, top performances better than that. So Liz, oh sorry. Well, I was gonna say, well, you guys both decided to go with Josh yeah. Jacobs. Liz, Liz and Liz I made the wrong choice. But well, you can make your case for it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I we actually, picked the right we'll winner, obviously. Liz, why don't you tell Field and Stefania why you and I went with Jalen Hurts? Because I, for me, I, I'm pretty sure you're gonna say all the same stuff that I'm gonna say. Just more eloquent. Mostly because it was hard um, to find a quarterback this year that wasn't just solid and a producer slash fine, good, but also from the jump and was a decent value. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I just called Justin Fields baby Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is actually Jalen Hurts, and he crushed, and he was good from the beginning. There wasn't this waiting game that you had to endure. Uh, He was a top-four quarterback in three straight games and four of the first five to open the season. So I appreciated that you could get a hot start with this with this player, and also that he made the leap, right? There was a lot of con- – I'm old enough to remember when people were like, well, Jalen Hurts isn't a good enough passer, even in fantasy. Yep. Come on! Like, mm-hmm. he was excellent. And with the addition of A.J. Brown to the offense, the whole thing exploded. So I, I feel like based on the volatility of their positions, running back and quarterback – you're not expecting volatility at quarterback. And this year, Jalen Hurts solved a huge problem for a lot of people who were blindsided. I totally agree with her. That's, that was part of Here's it. Here's a problem I, for me, though. Okay, he he wasn't available at all for my fantasy playoffs. Well, for your fantasy playoffs? I'm saying, like, that hey, we factored Jeez. into my decision Decision making? making? Okay. A little bit. But I That's did believe, fair. though, that uh, we talked about the breakout being the toughest call. You could have easily given these two co-champs, and I would have had no issue right. with it whatsoever. I felt like they were more – I just felt like they were, it was easier for me to find a couple of running backs this year rather than, like, a backup quarterback. And I don't want to say easier because that's, like, they were tough in both spots. But, like, Jamal Williams came on, like, he was serviceable, and you weren't expecting you are just, it. You just wanted to work Jamal Williams into the conversation. Of course I freaking wanted to, like, <laughs> work Lions record breaker Jamal Williams season, season yeah. touchdown Best holder. interview giver ever, Jamal Williams. Oh, my gosh. Legend. <laughs> Legend. I would do anything. Epic. I think sometimes Epic. I think there there are times where like we can maybe overdo it with like culture a little bit. Like sometimes it's like you still need to play. You have to have talented players. Oh, right? yeah. Like you can have the nicest group of guys ever, but if they can't play football, they're going to be bad. Right. Jamal Williams is a good example that like no matter what he does in the field and he had 17 rushing touchdowns yeah. this season. Yep. He's a priority re-sign for the Lions oh. because it's clear how much he means Emotional to them leader. on and off the field. Yep. Great. 100%. 100%. All right. We got a couple more here that we're going to get to, but first, the NFL playoff picture is locked in. <laughs> yeah, it is. And the go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code FFF. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKingsSportsbook.com with code FFF. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 21 plus to most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. From holiday gatherings and office parties to fireside conversations and football Thursdays, Saturdays, Sundays, or Mondays, 
Monday Night Football, wild card. Can't wait. Winter means more moments with the coolest people in your life. Make these moments even better with Miller Lite, the great tasting light beer for people who love beer. A new year is a perfect time for friends, family, and a great tasting light beer. It's Miller time. And you take a sip and look around at your friends and think, yeah, this was the right call. That should be no surprise given the dependable flavor of Miller Lite. You know those dual threat quarterbacks we love so much like Jalen Hurts? Yeah, Miller Lite is the dual threat as well. High in taste, low in calories. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer. The right balance between taste and lightness means you get to spend more time drinking with friends and less time thinking about what you're drinking. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com FFF to find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right. Our next category is the player that you were most wrong about for better or for worse. So many to choose from. Thirsty Kyle, not great when it comes to a lot of cinematic and television things, but one thing that he is known for is his love of Seinfeld. One of the great philosophers of this time, Frank Costanza, put it best around the Festivus poll when he said, I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about them. So, Field, we're going to start with you as we run through some players that we want to air our grievances oh, about. So many. How to pick. But when you said when you were wrong about this player for better or worse, like, does that mean, like, I didn't, okay, I think I, at first I was thinking, like. Meaning, like, you could have been wrong, thought low, and they outperformed. I said DK okay. Metcalf yeah. was like, do not draft because he had Geno Smith. Okay. And then he crushed it Fair this year. Enough. So right. Right. It looks like all of us went the negative fashion, <laughs> yeah, which is why are. it didn't quite make sense. We're yeah. like you. Yeah. We're like the rest of you out there. Yes. We're like, who did me wrong? Who did I invest? in I was totally wrong and they totally tanked my season. All right, I so got something to say. I'm going to start and we've already talked about this player but I'll just give all the context that I think <laughs> makes him the player that I was most wrong on which is Cam Akers and there are a lot of reasons why Cam Akers became the perfectly imperfect player to be wrong on and here's a starting point. The Rams played on Thursday night football of week one. We had all been waiting eight months for a regular season football game and no matter who was playing, we were all going to be watching it, and we were all going to be extremely focused on that player. Cam Akers managed zero rushing yards in week one. Mm-hmm. If Cam Akers had had a crap game <laughs> while he was playing Sunday at 1 o'clock against Jacksonville, a game that people were watching because it's football, but it's not like they were watching it in mass like they were on Thursday night, it would not have been quite as catastrophic of a start. You had the Thursday night football problem, okay? You had all the preseason hype, which I was not on on, on an island for believing in Cam Akers coming into the season. As a matter of fact, the last five weeks reminded us that there was a lot of reason to believe in Cam Akers. But beyond that, here's like a little peel behind the curtain, is that when you go to a player's page on ESPN.com, oftentimes the video associated with that player's page is the stuff that we have done on this podcast, whether you're on ESPN.com or the ESPN Fantasy app. And so when people went and saw K-Makers at zero yards, they go to that player page and all they see are these rosy, hunky-dory explanations of why K-Makers is going to be great this year, right? Mm. All the vitriol people, you all let me know how you feel. <laughs> so I apologize. I could not have been more wrong on K-Makers for the first 12 weeks of the season. The guy nearly got cut or traded midway through the year, and it's not like the Rams had a bunch of stars behind him at running back. So I was wrong, egg on my face, thrilled for K-Makers for the way that he finished down the stretch. And you know what? I'm going to be in on K-Makers next year. I'm telling wow. you right now. Wow. Who about, how about you, Stefania? Uh, well, mine is Russell Wilson, (laughs) who I waited on quarterback. And we've already talked about uh, on fantasy football. Now we talked about like rules that we were going to change for next year, fantasy strategies. And I know field strategy was he's not waiting on quarterback anymore. I waited. I waited. I was like, no problem. I've got Russell Wilson. I've still got a top tier quarterback. And I waited and I filled out the rest of my roster. And I, of course, I drafted Jonathan Taylor number one overall in that league too. So you know how my season went. But Russell Wilson was a talented quarterback. This was a guy who had what we look for. He had mobility in addition to being able to deliver the ball effectively. He was going to a place where he had all kinds of offensive weapons, both running backs and wide receivers and even a you know, tight end options there. We know because we saw like four tight ends catch the ball from him. Uh, Nobody go in the end zone. 
But Russell Wilson didn't run when he got to Denver. And I don't know, you know, I think there's a lot more that this is not on Russell Wilson. There's a lot of unpacking to do. We know Nathaniel Hackett's not there any longer. Um, it was trying to, I think, fit a square peg in a round hole in terms of making him fit into the offensive scheme they were trying to run. Yeah. But it felt like he couldn't make decisions. Mm -hmm. That was the part that bothered me the most was if you see something not working, you're expecting a veteran quarterback to make decisions that are going to somehow get them out of the mess. You know, the system's not working right now, but we're going to try and work around it. And we saw it blow up within the team. So to me, it was just like, and you couldn't get rid of him because you kept thinking it's going to work. Gonna so happen. by yeah. the time you made the decision to move on and quarterback was tough this year, we've talked about that, you probably were already really in the hole in the quarterback position and were having, being forced to stream. And, you know, if you're like me, maybe you ended up with uh, uh, Andy Dalton for a few weeks, ended up with Brock Purdy at the end. But it wasn't sixteen what team you league hoped. take you off the hook. Yeah, yeah sixteen team leagues. Yeah, sixteen team. Uh, but, but yeah, still, no, I, I you, hear you. you had a lot invest because you thought on paper you had a solid quarterback, and that's such a productive position. You're counting on a lot of points because Liz, because she had the same pick. Uh, we yeah. should see. If, yeah, anything to add here, Liz? Sorry, Liz, I just went on a tire. No, I agree with all of those. I mean, I think the biggest point was that. We all expected Russ to cook, a, a phrase now that just makes me cringe. I cannot stand it. But he did not cook just 16 touchdown passes, and he had 25 last season in Seattle. We were complaining about 25 in Seattle last year, 16 in this unlimited debut <laughs> at Mile High. It was just, oh, and he can pay like a bajillion dollars and his Jeeps and Sierra, the whole thing, like, to Fields' earlier point, when you fold in the culture with the facts of what happened and the data, the whole thing is a massive bust. Yeah, the good, po the positive thing about this entire Russell conversation, though, is that he did eventually manage Man, to score more, more touchdowns. touchdowns yeah, in the he did. In the house, yes. I knew, I knew that was going to make so, an appearance. So just so on that we show. made sure that we got there. Yeah, I mean, but there were weeks where he had no touchdowns. Yes, that I mean, that is unacceptable. I I want to say uh, AJ Dillon is the player that I have for this. Okay. I was huge on AJ Dillon. I loved AJ Dillon as a he hero running back. I loved his quads. I loved <laughs> as a, a hero running back build. You grab the guy you want early on and say, you know what? Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense has been talking about how not just Aaron Jones, but even AJ Dillon is going to get involved in the passing game. We watched Devonte Adams leave there. So you thought maybe they'd be a little more ground and pound, maybe a little more run heavy after week one, AJ Dillon, did not have a single digit or only had single digit fantasy point games for 10 straight games. He did not reach single digits again until after week double. 12. Sorry, double digits until after week 12. And at that point, you're done using AJ Dillon. Except for you had tried several times before over that. and over and over right. and over and over again. So for me, AJ Dillon, you know, Kareem Hunt can kind of fall into that too, like that hero RB2 build of like that second running back if that you got. If only you drafted Jamal Williams that way. Well, you know what? Or <laughs> Tony Pollard or Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson. I just picked the wrong guy. There were other guys I should have gone with. So AJ Dillon stings because of the guys, especially that went around him in that same range. All right. We got one more here, and that is fantasy MVP, the best yeah. player in fantasy football in 2022. Nominations for fantasy MVP include. Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Josh Jacobs, Justin Jefferson, and Tyreek Hill. The best of the best here. You can't go wrong with any single one of these, but the winner, as voted on by the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast, is Travis Kelsey. Finished as tight end one. 100.9 more fantasy points than tight end two. I just, can Absurd. you say that again? That is so ridiculous. Tight end one was Travis Kelsey. Tight end two was a player that scored 100 points less than him. At the same position. At the same position. Yeah. 100 points at the end of a season is an outlandish number to be able to lead another player by. Part of the reason, and you and I voted for uh, Travis Kelsey, part of the reason I voted for him um, is because of just how it feels that absurd. That's it. He, it's absurd how much he led the position by. I mean, we were trying to talk at the start of the season about two or three in the top tier, but it became Travis Kelsey and nobody else. Not totally Mark Andrews' fault, but nonetheless, 
Travis Kelsey was so far above and beyond anyone else at his position. He was the most reliable fantasy point producer on the Chiefs. Yep. yep. Like, that is ridiculous. You know, they lost Tyreek Hill. Everybody wondered what was going to happen. Who was going to step it up? Well, it turns out it was Travis Kelsey. So I think, to me, fantasy MVP because there's no one who even comes close at his position. And uh, I know that, too, that, that uh, the other two of you who voted for somebody different, I would say for the game of fantasy, he's my MVP. Sure. Um, but Travis Kelsey was my player MVP for this I agree year. with that. Okay, so Liz, why don't you make the Austin Eckler case, and I'll sort of round it out with any thoughts that uh, you don't get to that might also help build my case for also voting yes, Austin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, well, because Austin presented as the RB3 overall, right, behind Jonathan Taylor and CMC this season. And the argument against him was regression, regression, regression. Okay, you got regression. Instead of 20 touchdowns, he scored 18. Also, what about the volume? Oh, he's not going to see the same time. There's no way he's not built for that. He's not built for that role. 311 touches. He was, and this is not a standout player on an otherwise lifeless offense. This is all, what is it, all rivers, rise boats or something? I'm not a sea person. Uh, but, rising tide floats all boats. <laughs> yeah. like, oh. thank, thank you. So I feel like this was a player who was not just producing because he was attached to a good quarterback or had the benefit of field stretchers. That was certainly true. And he also wasn't the quarterback who saw a bunch of volume because there was nobody else on the offense to to drive it, like Ramondre Stevenson. This was a perfect culmination and continues to be. Now, it is going to be interesting because he turns 28 in May, and I believe he's in the last year of his deal. But I, I, I do think there's an interesting situation here, but also the fact that he has maintained this level of eliteness despite being undrafted and such an underdog. I've seen the x-rays. There are those puppies in his chest. Mm. Yeah, there might be bulldogs. This isn't biased at all, though. No, I mean, I voted for him as well. And I think Liz made the great I case. Why did you vote for him when you talked up Travis Kelsey to me all year long? No, I'm the I reason, mean, you're the reason I, I voted have, for Travis Kelsey. I have I certain bylaws in life that I live by. One of them is like never say anything other than the very best thing you can possibly say about Travis that's Kelsey. A, that's a good one to live by. Who, by the way, is already threatening to become the best podcaster going. Him and his brother Jason <laughs> yeah. are absolutely yeah. hilarious yeah. and yeah, incredible and just podcast. very entertaining. But anyways... Um, with Eckler, I just thought the consistency at a spot where it's really hard to find it is so valuable. All the way through week 17, he had at least 10 fantasy points in every game. He was the only non-quarterback to do that. The peaks were so significant. He had a relatively slow start. And I just think that given the context of Jonathan Taylor's underwhelming season, the fact that everybody said there was no way Austin Eckler would once again score a ton of touchdowns, and then he had 18. Remarkable season. You're splitting hairs here between he and Travis Kelsey. I voted for Austin Eckler, but I have no issue whatsoever with Travis Kelsey. This mirrors how I think this upcoming NFL MVP vote's going to go because, while I think Patrick Mahomes will win it, I think there's a compelling case for Jalen Hurts. There's a compelling case... (laughs) For Joe Burrow, like I think Patrick Mahomes will get it, yeah. but it's going to be the same way with the coach of the year and the MVP yeah. in real life. So the fantasy MVP mimics reality. I'm being told that. Although I don't think an NFL MVP, they'd give it to Travis Kelsey. No. And I think you could argue that no, he could. Yeah, his teammate will get it. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, right? exactly. And that, that's, where fan, that's where fantasy, I think, you know, we're more about like respecting yeah. all the players sure, and all totally. the positions. So I think we yep. do it better. Um, but yeah, it's hard to argue either one of them. And by the way, I, I would, I never believed that Austin Eckler was really going to regret. I don't, I don't know where that came from. I don't remember. Well, just, just people just touchdowns. I, I know, when you said it. that everybody was saying it though, I don't, I don't it's only really happened recall like four, that. Oh no, it was a very popular narrative. People were saying there's no way he can do 20 touchdowns again. You hang out with smart people. No, no, no. But he was my Scott Fishbowl, always target Austin Eckler because he's always going to produce. That's right. And by the way, takes care of himself better than most uh, athletes in the NFL. Like, really knows at that position, you have to be really disciplined in terms of keeping yourself on the field. And while he saw so many of his teammates go down around him, Austin Eckler managed to stay healthy this Uh, year. I'm being told that we have another category, it's not on our sheet. Okay. Oh boy. Um, but our producers upstairs say that we have another category that they're going to weigh in surprise. on for us here. Yeah. So the nominations for this surprise category. <laughs> for the best Mike Claypool video of 2022. Oh, yes. All right. Okay. Nominations yeah. for the best Mike Claypool video. Are they all tie are. for best or all tie for worst? Yeah. Same. 
voting live right now? All right, let's see what we have. at the turn. Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk stack. No. 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 Just had a nightmare. I took a quarterback in the second round. Time to go hunting for deep sleepers. They found a Romeo Dobbs! They found a Romeo Dobbs! Hot take. Jonathan Taylor, really good at football. Draft him with the first pick. Uh, so oh, that was man. unfortunately so hot good. take. So is it freezing cold take? Yeah, it's, it's like a freezing cold take right there. I think the answer is a Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs is pretty good. Yeah, so good. They're all the great. Mask yeah. It's a deep diving. sleeper, not a deep keeper. Like you don't need to have Romeo Dobbs for the whole season. I found but like, Romeo yeah, Dobbs. So good. I found Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. All right. The Mike Clay pool videos need to come back. We got to bring those back. Yeah, we got to see if we can. I still never got invited to the Mike Clay pool. Oh, no. Have did. you guys been? No, no, no. That's messed up. We got to have a conversation about this. All right, moving on to Field Jates. We're talking Fantasy Focus YouTube Chat League. Quick shout out to Team King Henry. That's right. King Henry is the winner of the YouTube Chat League. And honestly, like, I don't know that just, just a shout out could do justice to how awesome the YouTube community is here. Mm -hmm. They joined every single day, basically. And it was like a one-hour sports bar meetup five days a week from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. But King Henry gets the wind uh, and really an impressive late like season late surge. Because exactly. how about this? A seven and seven record was yes. not enough to keep King Henry out of the fantasy playoffs or eventually the fantasy championship. Here is the roster, at least the nuts and bolts of it. Josh Allen, Jeff Wilson Jr., Jalen Waddle, Keenan Allen, Dalton Schultz, Devontae Smith, Michael Carter, obviously before he got banged up, but Derrick Henry and Debo Samuel, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. I mean, yeah. such an impressive. I mean, think about, by the way, think about some of the injuries they were navigating late in the season, right? Derrick Henry missed week 17. Tony Pollard missed week 17. The game against the Titans. Debo Samuel out for week 17. So you scrape by with that win in week 17 with Josh Allen, Jeff Wilson Jr., Michael Carter, Jalen Waddell, Keenan Allen, who had a great game that week. I don't recall. I don't, I don't know for a fact how they decided to handle Josh Allen's scoring for that week. But it doesn't matter. Uh, so impressed by this YouTube chat league and seven and seven, which is bad scoring luck for yeah. King Henry, yeah. who allowed by far the most points this season, but also scored the most points. So a worthwhile champion, King Henry, and we really do appreciate all those who are a member of that YouTube chat every so single much. day. Yeah, so much. Really cool to see how interactive you guys have been. And obviously Kyle deserves a ton of credit as well for mixing That's it up right. on the daily. All right, Field. We're gonna talk about talk about coach art now yeah this is really cool so for those of you that aren't familiar with coach art it is a wonderful organization that helps children that are dealing with chronic illnesses be integrated into activities like fantasy football yep and this year espn had 24 employees who were called coaches in this case and they were matched with 24 coach art students from all over the country to help them learn how to play fantasy football as a way to deepen their knowledge and have some fun, of course, because that's what fantasy football is all about. There were three leagues, so there were eight teams per league, and coaches and students connected at least once a week to discuss both their draft strategy, who to start, players to trade, players to add off the waiver wire, and in total, ESPN employees accumulated roughly 500 volunteer hours supporting this program. Uh, had a chance to be a part 
of it. Mike, uh, were you, you guys both there as well? I know. I remember Mike and I uh, were part of a Zoom uh, before the draft, kind of give him a pep talk, and couldn't be more impressed by the people that are a member. The Coach Art students were just wonderful, wonderful, inspiring human beings, and all those at ESPN that helped out obviously deserve a ton of credit as well. And let's go through the three, through the three leagues and give a Heck shout yeah. out to the winners. League One, Oakland, Nolan the Goat, two ten led by student Nolan and ESPN coach Mike Pankowski. And really good players early in the draft helped this team. They crush it. Christian McCaffrey, A.J. Brown in the fourth, Jalen Hurts in the seventh. They got George Kittle on the on the roster wow. as well. You know, a tough injury stretch, and then obviously some schedules running the team nearly missing the playoffs at 7-7. Seven and seven. However, everything clicked in the playoffs. McCaffrey came up huge against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. A.J. Brown was awesome. And Kirk Cousins stepped in to help out to replace Jalen Hurts, Nolan the Goat, over Team Castro for the win. Shout out. That Yay. was League Two. Nolan, well done by you. Well done. League Congrats. Two is Valentino's Pirates, led by Valentino and ESPN coach Jaron Waterworth. And they finished the regular season tied with Eric the Faithful with the league's best record. And it was because they had the number one wide receiver, the number one fantasy tight end, and the number five running back. Those, of course, be Justin good. Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, and Nick Chubb, the injury to Lamar Jackson, made them have to pivot late in the season. To Jarrett How Stidham. about this? Jarrett Stidham against the 49ers, making his NFL starting debut, oh my helped them lock up the that? title for Valentino's Pirates. Incredible. So, so impressed. That's a brave start. Yeah, that's right. Valentino. Yeah, 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 no, that's a, that's a really going all in. Yep, you know? seriously. Well done by Valentino as Stidham became the only quarterback other than Patrick Mahomes to throw for three touchdowns against the 49ers this season. So bravo, Valentino. Yes. Well done by you. Congratulations. Uh, and finally, Team Sues, led by uh, Coach Art student Troy and ESPN coach Matthew Vachinsky and Suze also had a seven and seven record, but was kept alive all season because of great quarterback play. Of course, Josh Allen was awesome all season. And then some good wide receivers, Devontae Adams and CD lamb. Suze squeaked into the playoffs, but the playoffs, it was a whole different ball game as Tony Pollard helped in the playoffs and they actually overcame team Psy and ultimately winning the championship over team Yuru. They were 11 and three and 10 and four respectively. So team Sue's gets the we win. The underdog. And yeah. We love the underdog team Sue's uh, don't ever feel as though you could be counted out because clearly you cannot. Well done. Congratulations. Having TJ Hawkinson in that tight end spot really helped out there. I got to tell you. Yeah. And so seriously, Bob, I mean, just a wonderful program. And yep. what we always talk Super about cool. fantasy football is, you know, we, it's our profession, but what is the beauty of it is the community and it is inclusive. It is, is not for people that have a certain level of interest or a certain level of ability. It is people that just want to play a game together. And I couldn't think of anything more wonderful than the coach art leagues and uh, fortunate to be a part of it. And we plan to be a big part of it as well next season. Yeah, That's there's right. a lot that, you know, people, we talk about this all the time because we've, we've seen uh, it used in schools and with teaching, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. math, statistics, analysis, decision-making strategy. There's a lot to that. So, uh, congratulations to Coach Art. Uh, Absolutely. Program. Yep. Fantastic totally. program. Love being able to do that. I think that's it, guys. I think we've <sighs> wrapped it up. Liz, do you have anything that you want to close out this show with? It is your first year. I want you to know that you were nominated the official rookie of the year Breakout by player. the Fantasy right. Focus Football Breakout staff. Player, MVP, mm-hmm. all of it rolled into one. So <laughs> anything that you want to add for your awards that you're taking home with you today? I just want to thank everybody both who are behind the camera and all of you sitting in front of it uh, for welcoming me so warmly. I have not, I mean, it was such a wild ride. I'm still only on month five of my employment at ESPN, which seems wild since an NFL season, as you guys all know, feels much more than much longer than five months, but you guys were always warmly welcoming. I'm looking forward to my next cross country flight to Bristol We'll see when that will be probably sooner than uh, I'm anticipating, but I just am so grateful. And also to the incredible YouTube community that has been so kind and immediately tweeting me start sit questions and feedback. So, uh, you know, I apologize for the audio issues. Thank you for hanging in as we transitioned. But overall, this has been one of my favorite seasons. And, you know, finding Justin Fields along the way certainly helped. Yeah, I think you forgot your shout out to Lovey Smith, too, now that yeah. you're uh, picking <laughs> number, number one, one pick. Yeah, yeah. So. People want more of Liz. They'll yeah. get more of Liz next season. And, you know, it's weird because part of me feels like we should have this mushy goodbye to the audience. But the reality but yet, is 
We'll be here next week, yeah. and the week after that, yeah. and the week after that. The fantasy you know focus what? is going Field? nowhere. Yeah, Football is year-round Football now. is year-round. But I guess we can take just – I don't think I could spend five minutes and do it justice. So I'll just quickly say that, like, um, it was a big year of change for us here on the podcast. Yep. And we understood that there was a chance that uh, some people may no longer have an interest in being a part of this community with Matthew no longer on this show. I'm not sure I could possibly encapsulate the gratitude that we have for everybody that has continued to make fantasy focus the show that it is. And I, I, the listeners are unparalleled. We so appreciate your thoughtfulness and your engagement and your loyalty. Uh, it's been a humbling year in a lot of ways uh, to be a part of this. And obviously sitting next to you guys every single day is a huge, huge huge honor every single day well i know field took uh, the words right out of my mouth i'm so grateful that 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 we've had so many loyal listeners stick around between uh the the chat that the youtube chat that we talk about uh, during the show all the time um and then everybody as liz mentioned who's uh behind the camera as well who makes this show work who've made changes and done things on the fly this year because we've had to do it uh in that way and it's just great Honestly, I can say to be back in a studio where we we're sitting together, you yeah. know, that is yeah. the first year we've been able to do that in a few years. So I'm especially grateful for that and especially grateful for you guys. Agreed. Even you, Daniel. Yeah, this is a tough one because I, uh, you know, I realize I didn't dress up. I don't look as nice as you guys sure do you today, do. but I great. feel, uh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you for Daniel, that. You um, it's important to love yourself, right? Yeah. And that is, day. you know what? This is one of those things. I, I, the community that you talk about, this is what it's all about. And I love, like, I think that we have, if there was an award for best fans, I feel like we would, we would have it. Yeah. I think that we, uh, the people that we uh, have as a part of the show, the people that reach out to me that is part of the show. I just love the community. I love the heart that people seem to have and being able to just want to continue to further, not just themselves, but, but friendships, relationships, being able to build more. Like I, I think that's such an awesome and unbelievable part of this that makes it so much more fun than just a game. So shout out to all of you guys for everything, honestly, well for said. sticking with us. We understand there are only 24 hours in a day. I was just going to say, you give you, us a full you, to give hour, us the time out of your day at a incredible. time where you can choose so many other things. And for those who can, t- if you yep. watch on the video, we appreciate that. If you listen, is podcast listening is such an intimate experience. We appreciate you uh, more than you know. And we're really sorry that Mike Clay was on so much this year. We promise we'll look into <laughs> it for next year. But we love you guys so much. Thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, just because we used to do this at Liz Loza underscore FF. Go follow her in case you've not been following her all football season at Field Yates, at Stefania underscore ESPN, at Mike Clay NFL. I am at Daniel Dopp on Twitter. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Please be kind to yourself. Good luck if you're playing DFS this week. Yeah, Go yeah. check out the CSS DFS podcast if you want to make a little bit of money. We'll see you back here next week. I do. Well, I then make some. Only if you, you have to listen, oh. not just download. I gotta pay for my leagues for next year, though. <laughs> I know. That's right. Yes, you do, Field Jakes. If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guide. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay And you know that it's a fact Every hater's gonna hate Cause he's on TV every day A spicy tomato who's got the stats And tweets that'll make you laugh He's our favorite host And everybody knows his name He's Field Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.